Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I am your host, Sheena Hunt, and I am so glad to have you listening into the show today. In segment one, what's happening now, I'm doing an election day recap and current news. In segment two, self-care, I want to talk to you about using one of your greatest powers, the power of no. In segment three, Black Excellence, with Michelle Obama's release of her new book, Becoming, I want to spotlight the artist who painted her amazing official portrait, Amy Sherald. In segment four, The Biz Corner, I want to talk about business processes and why they are so important to your business. It's a packed show. No Fred host this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one, what's happening now? Hey folks, hey, I'm back. I'm a little under the weather and it's like a frozen tundra of coldness here in St. Louis. But I want to get right down to business. The election is finally over. Oh my God. I am incredibly excited. I have had, this feels like this has been the longest two years ever to get from the presidential election and the mid to the midterm election elections of this year, it just feels like it's been so long. We've been through so much, but we finally made it. We made it to the 2018 midterm elections. We can all half breathe a sigh of relief because a lot of things went well. So first thing first, the Democrats have, of course, taken over the House of Representatives for the federal government. We may have lost a Senate seat or two. But that was to be expected. And we also picked up a Senate seat so far. But the House win was a major win for us in the country as a whole. Why is it a win for the country? Because we know now that we have a willing Congress who will actually do their job of being a check on the executive. Senate made a majority leader. And Republican Mitch McConnell stated that the Democrats shouldn't focus on, quote, harassment of the president. He said that after the blue wave that hit Tuesday night, he's calling being a check on the executive branch harassment, which is literally the job of both houses of Congress. 
I'm glad that the Democrats won't listen to McConnell and will actually do the job that the American people elected them to do, unlike McConnell and Paul Ryan. You see, the American people chose the Democrats to come in and sweep things up that what's the dirt around the house so that they can make sure that our government functions the way it's supposed to function at all branches because we don't need to have a president who is able to do whatever he wants to do whenever he wants to and to do exceptionally unethical things over and over again. So now we have the Democrats who will come in and will be a check just as they are supposed to be. So election night and the last few days that followed have been filled with exciting news regarding the election of probably the most diverse set of people in U.S. history. This has especially made my day. Let's talk about some of what we saw regarding people of color, women veterans and LGBTQ wins across the country. New York elected its first black woman, Letitia James, to be attorney general. Sharice Davis was elected to the House from Kansas as the first lesbian Native American. Ilhan Omar became one of the two Muslim women added to the House of Representatives from the state of Minnesota. She's also the first Somali American to serve, as well as the first hijab wearing Muslim in Congress. Rashiba Tlaib is the second Muslim woman as a Palestinian American elected to the House, and she's from Michigan. Ayanna Presley from Massachusetts will be the first African American woman to represent her state. She unseated a 10 year Democratic incumbent. You go, girl. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez of New York, someone who have been talked about a lot since she won her primary election a few months ago. She won and was elected into um, the House of Representatives serving the 14th District of New York. She is the youngest woman ever elected to Congress, and she's a Latina. Johanna Hayes of Connecticut was elected in as the first African-American woman representing her state. She is a former history teacher and the 2016 National Teacher of the Year. We need educators in Congress, so this is major. Veronica Escobar will represent the El Paso area, which was formerly Beto O'Rourke's district in the House of Texas as one of the first Latinas to serve. Sylvia Garcia will be right there with her serving, representing Houston, a second Texan Latina taking power. Jared Polis won the Colorado gubernatorial election, making him the first openly gay man elected as governor of any state in the union. Maine got its first woman governor on election night. Janet Mills will step into the position in 2019. Guam elected its first woman governor as well. Lou Leon Guerrera is stepping into the role after serving as a lawmaker for the U.S. territory. Anna Eskamani of Florida won a state seat in the House as the first Iranian-American woman to do so. Oregon elected Kate Brown, a bisexual woman, to be governor of their state. Lauren Underwood became the first black woman to win the seat for the 14th District in Illinois. Lucy McBath one of the mothers of the movement as as the mother of Jordan Davis, the black teen who was killed by a white man as he sat at a gas station because his music was too loud. She won her district in Georgia, which is a white 
district. She took the seat of an A-rated NRA representative and became the representative in his seat in that district as an F-rated NRA person. That's just powerful on so many levels. This one touches my heart and I'm just happy that she won. 19 black women. You heard me. I said 19 won judgeships in Texas on election night. Let me say that again. 19 black women in Texas won their judgeships in one county, Harris County. So you know I would have to name each of these ladies who embody black girl magic. So here they are. Sandra Peake, Judge Ramona Franklin, Judge Maria Jackson, Jermaine Tanner, Tanner, Angela Graves Harrington, Cassandra Holman, Tanya Jones, Deidre Davis, LaShawn Williams, Latasha Lewis Payne, Linda Dunson, Toria Finch, Erica Hughes, Lucia Bates, Renisha Bowman, Michelle Moore, Sharon Burney, Shannon Baldwin, and Lori Chambers Gray. You ladies rock. Read more of them on the Beautifully Complicated Podcast Facebook page. I'll post a few articles highlighting their achievement in the judiciary. We need more black women judges. We need more black women attorney generals. We need to switch and change up things right now, not just at the federal level, but at the state level, because that's where a lot of these decisions are made that gets cops off who kill people without impunity. Well, with impunity. (laughs) And so we need to make sure that we have people fighting in our corner. That's the way that we can have true criminal justice reform. We need the people in the legal community to be more representative of the communities who are the most impacted. And that way we can start to set the ship in the right direction. I know my list even isn't even encompassing all of the diversity wins in this midterm election. There are a, quite a, there are a couple in the Republican Party as well. There are just a lot of people that have swept in, in and made our government at all levels look more like the general population. And that is so important. We have stood by and watched as our elected officials looked more like what our country looked like 50 years ago, which was mostly white. But we are a more diverse nation now. We have more people of color here. We have half our population are women, and all of that should be represented in those who represent us in Congress. And so I'm excited that we are seeing so much diversity in so many different types of people who are well qualified for the positions they're taking, by the way. But I'm glad to see that we are seeing such an amazing turnaround. We also got to see the average age of the house decreased from, I believe it was 59 years old to 49 years old with the election of so many younger people. Because guess what? We need to get more younger people in government, in federal positions, in state positions, because right now the largest population of people or who will be the largest population of people, I think we are the largest in the state, in this country, are millennials. And we need to be represented in government. There were also some great initiatives that passed on election night across the country. So let's spotlight a few of those. 
First up, Floridians voted to give more than one million people who were felons the right to vote back. They've already paid their debt to society, and now Floridians are saying that they deserve full citizenship, uh, citizenship rights. This is an awesome move, and I hope more states who still have laws that prevent people who have who had felons felonies from voting allow them to get their um, rights back by getting rid of that law if they have it in their states. It's time to be more inclusive and give folks back their rights. Speaking of criminal justice, Louisiana voters got rid of the law that gave juries the right to convict without unanimous consensus. So Louisiana is now like every other state that requires unanimous vote to convict. Colorado made a move that all states and the federal government needs to make to the Constitution. They changed the language in their constitution to eliminate any allowance of slavery, even for punishment of a crime. That's the exception that currently exists in the U.S. Constitution that needs to be removed. This is such a no brainer move. And I want this on every ballot at the next election across the country. Some states, most notably Louisiana, literally use those that they have imprisoned for free or extremely cheap labor. Basically, slave labor. See, slavery was never abolished in our country. It only changed its form. So kudos to Colorado. Great move. And if you haven't, please check out Ava DuVernier's uh, documentary on the 13th Amendment called The 13th. It tells you everything you need to know and understand about that amendment and how it has impacted criminal justice and how things are done right now in our country. Massachusetts passed a law to protect their transgender community by way of anti-discrimination protections in public places. Washington state voted to tighten their gun laws and raising the purchasing age to 21, which makes a lot of sense to me. Arkansas and Missouri raised the minimum wage. Alabama and West Virginia voted to restrict abortions by inhibiting protections for women's rights. It's insane how some of these states are just going backward, right? They are literally using their religious beliefs and imposing them on other people. And along those same lines, uh, there was just a change in, I believe it's an executive order that was just made that basically said, companies don't have to give you any type of coverage when it comes to contraceptives or anything related to that in their health insurance if it's against their religious beliefs. How a company have religious beliefs, I really don't know. I don't get that. Uh, I can see if you're talking about the Catholic Church and you're you are a worker of the Catholic Church. But then again, I just really believe that your personal way of living should not be impacted by the company you work for. I don't care who it is. And so to have companies have with the ability to make the decision to not cover contraceptives, which they have been doing for many, many years, right? Under uh, the ACA, though, they were, it was basically said like, hey, you can't discriminate and just decide what you are or are not going to cover in your health insurance. And so that's what the Republican parties have been trying to push back on because they claim to be the party of Christianity, but they're not because they don't live up to any of the Christian values. But that's a whole nother episode that I just do not need to get into. But what we really are seeing here, and we're seeing it in a lot of the southern states, and we are seeing it in most of the red states, that they're trying to take away or strip away the rights of abortion to people. And, of course, this will be 
challenged in some way. I don't know, because the voters voted for it. You know, mostly conservative people in these states voted to restrict abortions. Um, and it, I think it's just such a dangerous, dangerous area to get into when you start to use religious beliefs to govern people. I think that's when you start getting into what they all claim that they're so afraid of, which is Sharia law of what we see in some of the Muslim countries. Not all Muslim countries, there's some that are more extreme in their beliefs. So I think that we need to be very careful with what's happening here. And we should not have religious beliefs even being put on a ballot as something that people need to focus on and change the way that they operate and live. So I don't like that. Continuing with good news, though, many states voted to expand Medicaid. Many, many other initiatives passed, good and bad, throughout that night. So we had a very... It was a very good night overall. There were some things that I didn't really care for that went through. I, um, I lost my represent my senator Claire McCaskill in the last in this election, but you know I'm grateful for the change, the shift that has happened. And I think that that's the most important thing that we did see. In fact, a blue wave, and we have so many things that are. St- still outstanding, right? So overall, it was a good night. We had some wins and some losses at the federal and state level. We also have some races that are still going on. uh, Stacey Abrams race in Georgia for governor against Brian Kemp, which may be pushed to basically a do-over. That's still going. They're still counting votes. And Abrams says she is not going to She's not going to concede until every single vote has been counted. And kudos to her. That's how you continue to fight and push back. You don't let people hold you back and tell you what you need to do because this is the way things have always been done. No, let's make sure all of the people voices are heard before we concede. I really hope Abrams take take that seat. But, you know, even if she doesn't, she gave it a really good rhyme amidst incredible levels of voter suppression enacted upon her and the black community by her opponent, who also in the secretary, who he's the secretary of state for Georgia, and he refused to step down throughout the whole entire process. But then on Thursday, after the election's over, when it's like, it looks like he has a clear victory to possibly win this thing, he finally resigned from his position. How insane is that? Florida is also not yet decided for governor or Senate with both races basically in the automatic recount territory. Uh, The governor's race is within that one half percent. So that would be an automated automatic uh, machine recount. And the Senate race is less than 0.25 percent indifference. So they will have an automatic hand recount. So from what I'm hearing, they're possibly up to six recounts happening within the, within the next few weeks before we know how Florida's going to go. I'm hoping Gillum pulls out a win there as well as the Senate um, that we need, but we don't know. So stay tuned because there are still some things going on um, and moving around in the background and races not yet settled. There are quite a few races that are not yet settled across the country. So that's, a, that's basically the election wrap up. <sighs> Oh, my God. Before I move off of politics, because I am incredibly tired of talking about it over the past year, Sessions was fired. Well, he fake resigned. Trump is setting the world on fire ahead of being investigated by the Democrats when they take over in 2019 because they said they will investigate. So he started off right after Election Day. 
firing Jeff Sessions. He asked for his resignation and the attorney general, Jeff Sessions, handed it over. That gave him a chance to appoint an interim AG who he chose, one of his loyalists, who um, is basically anti the Mueller probe. So we'll watch and see what happens there. Experts state that this interim guy, Matthew Whitaker, should recuse himself because he is friends with someone who has been interviewed. And he has spoken extensively on the topic in the media, as well as offered a prejudiced decision on it already. So he won't recuse himself. We know that. So let's watch and see how this one goes. There was a protect Mueller march slash protest on Thursday as an action to ensure the protections of Mueller and his investigation. It's a clarion call from the people letting the White House know again after the election that they will not allow for any shenanigans. So a lot of stuff happening. We had a shooting at a local bar in California, which is very sad and left many people dead. Um, We also have wildfires brewing up on the West Coast right now. Also horrendous thing that's happening in California, two major fires. People have been um, killed by these fires so far. Many structures have been burned down. There have not been any word as of the recording of this podcast from the president of the United States in stating anything that will be done about those wildfires and the um, help for the people in those in the state of California. We have one brewing in northern California and another one happening right outside of um, Santa Barbara, I believe it is, in, in the L.A. area. So lots of tumultuous things happening around the country. We also had a shooting at the Jewish Community Center uh, that I talked about in the last episode also. So there are just a lot of things have been happening in this country. We've had a stream of white terrorism um, be really on the rampage here. So we got some things that need to happen to right that ship. Okay, I'm done talking politics for at least two episodes, I promise, because I'm so tired of it. So in other news, Gabrielle Union and her husband, Dwayne Wade, welcomed their first baby girl together on Thursday by way of surrogacy. Earlier this year, Gabrielle Union wrote about her struggle with infertility that resulted in her having upwards of nine miscarriages. Uh, Union and Wade released photos from their hospital room with their new daughter as they were going through the skin to skin contact um, protocol with the newborn following her birth. Such great news for such a wonderful couple. Many congratulations to them, especially Gabrielle, because this has been something she has wanted for many years. And I'm so glad to see her finally getting the baby she wants. I know she would be showered with lots of love, especially from her older brothers. You know, uh, also in the release of Michelle Obama's book, Coming, she talks about her struggle with infertility. I think it's just such a great thing for us to see so many people talk about their struggles with that because it's not something that's discussed a lot in the open. And there are plenty of women who are struggling with infertility for different reasons. And to know that there is a community out there and they're not alone is would be so great. So I'm so grateful uh, for Gabrielle Union and for Michelle Obama being very open about their processes that they had to take to conceive or have a baby. So I'm going to end this segment on a high note with great news of a new baby for the Wades. Definitely a good glimmer of light that we all needed in these tumultuous times that we have been experiencing. Oh my God. I'm hopeful that there is more light ahead for all of us. Segment two, self-care.
let's take some time to talk about the power of no. No. That's a complete sentence that we need to start using more often. So many of us feel obligated to give explanation as to why we are giving that answer. We feel guilty about giving it. So we give something along the lines of a vague maybe. But we need to get comfortable and confident with the word no and use it as often as possible. I used to be the type of person who didn't feel comfortable telling people no. So I would leave the possibility of a yes hanging out there, even though it was something I didn't want to do. People would invite me places and I wouldn't want to go. Yet I struggled with no and would either go anyway or find an excuse to flake out at the last minute. I felt like I was letting someone down if I told them no and stood on that. But now I know better. No is an important part of self-care. So I want you to adopt the use of no more often. Just no. Nothing added on. No explanation needed. If you don't want to do something, just say no. Your no is your way of protecting and honoring yourself. Women are often more likely to have a hard time saying no. We feel obligated to everything and everybody close to us. We need to stop that and start seeing the obligation we have to our own self. We need to set boundaries and know is the perfect way to do that. So get used to saying it. Find the moments where you feel strongly about something and want to say no. Say it without apology. It's your truth. Stand on that. You owe more to yourself than you do everyone else. Constantly going along with and doing things you have no true desires to do just because you don't want to let down or hurt someone else's feelings is hurting you. There are times the no is needed and I want you to get comfortable saying it when those times come up. I had to learn to do it. Now I have no problem saying no. No, I don't want to go. No, I'm not doing it. Just no. So choose you and say no when the time arises. It'd be awkward at first, but you'll get comfortable with it. And know when a no is necessary and you'll wield that weapon of no. Segment three, black excellence. So I absolutely love art, paintings, photography, sculpture, you name it. I go to plenty of exhibits. I'm a member at our local art museum. Art speaks to me and I adore every single bit of it. I have to. Of course, because of that, spotlight an artist. Now, there are a lot of amazing black women artists killing the game right now. But I want to spotlight one that truly set a blaze of fire in so many. And that's Amy Sherald, the woman who painted First Lady Michelle Obama's official portrait. Sherald has a B.A. in painting from Clark Atlanta. Yes, for the HBCU and an MFA in painting from the Maryland Institute of Art. Per her website, she is the first woman to win the prestigious Outwin Bouchiever Portrait Competition in 2016. 
She has exhibited all across the country, including recently right here in St. Louis. Her stunning paintings often feature gray-skinned women and men doing mundane, normal things of life, often clad in very bright clothing. Her style is unique taking away an assignment of race to allow you to simply see the beauty of the person, the image, the setting. She was tapped by the Obamas to paint Michelle Obama's official painting, which was unveiled earlier this year to much fanfare. Her portrait of our forever first lady captured the beauty and elegance of the first black lady president. First lady, excuse me, (laughs) while ensuring she stood out from the pack of first ladies with something exceptionally artistic and stunningly beautiful and brilliant. The painting awed many, including a little girl who captured the hearts of many Americans when she gazed upon the painting and saw a true queen in Mrs. Obama. I think that was a testament to not just the regalness and awe of Michelle Obama, but the artistry and talent of Amy Sherald. That is why she is the epitome of Black excellence. Segment four, The Biz Corner. Let's chat about business processes because this is something that just grind my gears. As someone who has been invested in building strong, efficient, and effective business processes across different industries, when I run into businesses with lackluster, weak processes, or none at all, I get so irritated. What do I mean by business processes? Exactly what it sounds like. For all of my entrepreneurs, business owners, women in biz, please think about all of the processes your business have especially those that touch or directly impact your customer. So that can be like taking and processing orders, services delivery, basic layout or setup of brick and mortar, how your website flows, product stocking, whatever. All of these require some type of process. Unfortunately, what I find is most businesses, not just startups, even Fortune 100 businesses, have a lot left to be desired with their processes. I find them often to be clumsy, kind of thrown together, no consistencies, often inefficient with little and and even a fragment of structure built around it. So what do I want you to do as an entrepreneur and awesome businesswoman? I want you to start really thinking about the flow of services, activities, training, etc. in your business. I'd recommend starting at what is most critical to your business. Choose the top three things. What three things must be done in a near perfection and executed well to ensure your business works properly, that your money isn't put at risk, and that your customers will keep coming back? I want you to choose three because it's difficult to uh, tackle a bunch of things at once. I'll let you know right now, you'll fail miserably at building solid processes and doing a good review if you bite off more than you can chew. Honestly, implementing good processes and practices isn't as easy as it appears, but it helps optimize your business, making it more efficient, reducing your risk, and increasing revenue. It's a powerful thing. 
If you want help in doing an audit of your current practices to get the ball rolling, I have a free quick uh, workbook that you can use on my website, SheenaHunt.com, S-H-E-E-N-A-H-U-N-T.com. There's a button on my homepage to sign up to receive the download for the free workbook. Download it and start the process of improving your business practices. Quick note. The addition of this new segment really allowed me to expand upon what the entire show is really all about. My complexities of each of us. Uh, How are we not just one thing? We're not a monolith. A box doesn't contain any of us. We are multifaceted and can explore topics that align with the complexities of each of us. I'm not just someone who follows politics or pop culture, but I'm also an entrepreneur and deep into self-care and recognizing black women who are doing great things. I mean, I'm all of that and more. And I want to make sure you know that you can always bring your complete self into a space and own it. We try to force people in a box and I just don't like that. We are all truly beautifully complicated beings and this podcast is truly a celebration of that. Well, that's the show. It's been a great time with a lot covered. In segment one, what's happening now? We finally reached election day made it to the polls and sent a clarion call to the White House that we ain't having it. 333 Republican seats across the country flipped. The Democrats took over control of the House with now close to 30 seats flipped with 225 seats in total at this time of this recording. Republicans still hold the Senate, but we definitely had a blue wave full of diversity. In segment two, self-care, I covered the power of no. The best self-care involves using the word no, because it's how you truly choose you. So start practicing saying it and see how powerful it turns out to be. In segment three, Black Excellence, I spotlighted an artist who made a great splash in February at the unveiling of First Lady Michelle Obama's official portrait, Amy Sherald. She painted our forever First Lady in a way that captures her raw beauty and regalness, and sets her apart from the rest of the former First Lady paintings in the Smithsonian. Finally, in segment four, The Biz Corner, I share with you the importance of having established business processes and offered up a quick workbook. I have available for free on my website, SheenaHunt.com, that can help you in the process of improving your processes. I love this new segment and have so many ideas for additional topics I want to share as an established entrepreneur and CEO. I want to help all of my fellow entrepreneurs and boss women in business to successfully launch, build, and scale their businesses. If you haven't already, make sure you like the Beautifully Complicated podcast page on Facebook. The link's in the show notes. Follow me, Sheena Hunt, your host on Instagram and Twitter at SheenaD1. That's S-H-E-E-N-A-D in the number one. Or you can check out my website, SheenaHunt.com. Like the show, rate, subscribe, and share with family and friends. Make sure you continue the conversation from the show on our page or with those around you. I look forward to hearing from you. Stay connected, stay fabulous, and always remember the best life is beautifully complicated. Mm-hmm. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.